I don't know what kind of terrible decisions you've made in your life to land you here, but here you are, so you may as well listen. It's time for the confessional. promotion before we kick the show off is outdoor vitals Tayson hooked us up with a code for you guys and that is gentlemen when you enter the code gentlemen you guys if you spend 50 bucks or more at outdoor vitals they'll send you a badass inflatable camping pillow with your order so it's pretty awesome head on over there check it out they have some really cool stuff for hammocks and now enjoy the show say you got her unfoxulated yeah, I had to restart it. I don't know why, but that made it work. Can you hear? Can you hear me all right? You're just a little quiet, but not bad. Is that better? Yeah, it's way better. Okay, that's on my Bluetooth. Gotcha. So two orders of business before we fire things up. Uh, one, uh, don't forget our photo contest. You could win a Kafaru Wubby, uh Adventurous Gentleman hat and T-shirt. If you just send us a picture of your hunting buddy, either email it to adventurousgentleman at gmail.com or uh, tag us in the picture. Adventurous Gentleman, tag it in the picture, and you must be following Frank's from Kafaru Cast's Instagram account. It's Tort Life something. Uh, Aaron's, that's really easy to find. You're probably already following it. And the Adventurous Gentleman on Instagram. And uh, that'll qualify you and send us your hunting buddy photo. It could be of you guys together, a group of your hunting buddy, whatever. You never know what will win. Contest ends first of the year, we'll say. And uh, other than that, I'm actually going to give a shout out to Frank because he is one funny motherfucker. And that meme he posted, uh, I almost peed my pants laughing at. Yeah, Frank is, uh, he, you know, he's quiet, but... Um he uh, it gets me laughing so hard, you know what I mean? Because it, his humor is almost like a sniper shot, right? You just don't expect it. And so when it hits you, it's kind of out of the blue, and then you laugh forever, and then he keeps you rolling. I mean, he is extremely funny. And his meme game is like varsity level. Uh, in fact, uh, the other day I bought him for Christmas uh, a new iTouch iPod thing, you know, for going to the gym. Mm-hmm. And it, all his memes downloaded. There was 3,200 memes that downloaded to that thing from oh. the cloud. That wasn't even all of them. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I got one. I got one I, I made uh, yesterday. I think it was yesterday, yeah. And I'm going to, I'm probably going to post it up here sometime this evening for old Frank. <laughs> A little mm-hmm. uh, tip of the hat, if you will, to his greatness. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's a funny dude. Um, I think we're going to Alabama next week to shoot some white-tailed does or a buck if it walks in front of us. You know what I'd like to see is some B-roll from that trip. You guys, like, cutting it up, hanging around the campfire. Because I imagine you plus Frank plus a bunch of southern guys from Alabama uh, would be pretty hilarious. Well, the cool thing with Broderick, right, he's the guy we're going down with Brian, is, uh, you know, he doesn't – you know, he's one of those guys that can get away, like, with saying anything. Like, he doesn't have any fear of, of uh, you know, if you need to be, you know, called out, he'll call you out. And, and it's not like he's disrespectful about it. He'll just say, you know, well, this is what I think. And then, you know, he'll call you a dumb shit. And he'll be like, yeah, you know, you put that together pretty well. I, I guess I am a dumb shit. So it's cool hanging out with him because he'll say shit every now and then that I'm just like, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Uh, fuck it, maybe I should stop doing that. But, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's super cool. Yeah, you guys, you know, are you going to film anything or just going straight up hunting? Man, I don't, we'll, we'll probably film some stuff. Brian, uh, Brian and I, you know, we like film, try to film, you know, quite a bit. And Frank and I, you know, just getting going with everything and it's been kind of hectic, um, you know, with uh, the podcast and getting a new edition done that, um, you know, we were talking like, hey, 
we might, even if it's just, you know, it's not going to be the greatest quality because we don't know what the hell we're doing. But for YouTube, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not a videographer by any means that uh, we start filming everything. But Broderick, now he is a videographer and he films everything and he's got super high end cameras. So we'll definitely get some film from that. Yeah, maybe you guys could go live or something. That's pretty simple. Yeah, yeah, I go live on Black and Dose. So the thing is, like, the processor down there, the uh, the salami and some of the stuff he makes, and, and the deer in general are just unbelievable. So um, I'm gonna try and whack. You've got to kill 20 does. What? Uh, for the Q- QDMA. So which you know, obviously Frank and I are the right people for the job for that. So. I, uh, you know, I was asked Kafaru and Patrick and Sarah wanted some, and then I was going to have a bunch made, just give it out to people at Kafaru. So that's my plan. I'm going to, I'm going to bring a lot of arrows. I'm going to do a lot of shoots. You know, maybe you should do a Kafaru potluck open house type thing. <laughs> yeah, no kid. My biggest challenge today is, is shooting something. I'm heading out. I've been, I so bad. I've been blowing Alex off the big ginger. Um, the last couple of days I've been texting him at like three in the morning. Hey dude, I can't come. So I, Supposed to come yesterday, today, um, or excuse me, yesterday and the day before. And actually, the day I'm coming out, it's probably the best day for hunting, but the worst day for Snyder. It's 13 degrees and snowing. Uh, why are you such? Hunting. Why are you such a bitch about the cold? I have um, radon. I lose the feeling in my fingers, and my feet. Um, oh well, quick. then I guess you have a medical note <laughs> excuse. Um, well, I just you know, it's not like I don't you know, whatever, whatever, endure it. Like I, I still figure it out, but, um, you know, I just got to take precautions. Like, um, you know, I mean, I hunt extremely cold weather. I just have to have, you know, my body doesn't produce heat like it should to begin with. My blood pressure is super low. Um, and then, you know, my fingers, I, I, I get, it's hard to explain, but it's a sensation like a, a needle in, like burn kind of weird sensation that happens, you know, I don't know what the, you know, the timeline is, but extremely fast compared to other people. And so, like the last time, whatever it was, I was out here, you know, when we were low crawling in, I didn't have my gloves on. Um, Cause I had my bow. I hate shooting with gloves on. And so I, I literally, by the time got to where we were close enough, uh, you know, to take the shot, uh, when I went to dial my sight, I couldn't feel my fingers well enough to dial the sight that well. Um, and it, I mean, it's painful. So that's the big, big thing. Jesus. You t- you look down, it looks like you're turning into a white walker. Well, I tell you what's crazy is my hands turn purple, like purple, purple, Jesus. quick. And then when you touch them, you know, where you touch them, it's white. And it stays white for, you know, 20 seconds or more where, you know, the blood flow is just not there. So anyway, I'm heading out there today. Um, I about killed one the other day, uh, got the 50 and, uh, I should have shot it in its bed, but I didn't. Um, and it was actually, it was actually kind of just an old management buck. It was, uh, uh, three by three still in velvet. that was, you know, maybe only 20, 22 inches wide on the inside, but, um, you know, super tall, super fat, a lot of mass. Um, and, uh, anyway, I got the full draw at 50. And uh, I was waiting for him to stand, and uh, I kind of, you know, had that moment of, should I shoot it right now uh, or just wait for it to stand? Because he's moving his head around. I think he heard me go to full draw. Anyway, he just blew straight out of his bed. Uh, he didn't He didn't stand. Um, I had several other ones I could have, well, three other ones I definitely could have killed. Uh, he just he didn't want me to shoot him. And then we got on one that was in the mid-190s and got to about 100 one of the bigger deer I've ever, um, you know, approached like that. And, uh, uh, two does blew out of the scrub brush and, uh, it didn't blow him out immediately, but it made him stand up, got him moving around and, and, uh, in a position where we just could kill him. I mean, I could have, I mean, I probably could have just shot him at a hundred, but I didn't, um, it's kind of a far shot. So, or not kind of, it definitely is a far shot. So anyway, Heading out there today, and hopefully we kill out. We're going to try and kill a lion tomorrow because um, of the snow. So out, out there, you're going to try to kill a lion, or somewhere else you're going to kill a lion? No, no, up in the up in the mountains. Um, we uh, 
I'm going to try and get, hopefully, Frank. i got to text to make sure he takes that stupid test today for mountain lion hunting. I've killed lions. Um, Frank hasn't. So, you know, I kind of want Frank to, um, you know, I truly, I mean, I could give a shit if I shoot much next year, the year after, or whatever, as long as Frank gets to kind of take advantage of these hunts we're going on. So, hopefully, um, you know what I mean, we can get Frank on uh, a mountain lion and get him one kill. Oh, yeah. I mean, Frank is the cougar hunter, right? I know, right? Um, I've got a meme. Oh, I'm going to interview Frank one of these days for the adventurous gentleman, and I've had the idea of the Photoshop I'm going to make for a long time for that episode. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, Frank's um, cougar is super, super cool. Um, I mean, truly, I'm like rooting that they actually work out uh, because she's funny. So Frank's the tadpole, which... I mean, technically, the I'm a tadpole as well. I, I, yeah, so, I thought they were called cubs. You never heard that? They're called tadpoles? I was thought tadpoles. Was... So, yeah, I'm the tadpole, and then uh, Amy's the cougar, and then Frank's the tadpole, and, and uh, I probably should say her name. But, uh, How much younger is old Frank? Oh, significant. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even think I should say uh, All right, then. 20 is years. She, is she 80? Or over. <laughs> She's uh, 20 years older than he is. Well, you know what, Frank? When you got it, you got it. When you got it, they want it. So, But she, she sm- she's smoking hot. I mean, she is looks like she's in her 30s. Um, I would expect nothing super, less from Frank. Super cool. Um, you know, lady, too. Like, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Amy's older than I am by seven or eight years too as well so and i've always not always but for the most part i've pretty much always dated older women you know that's interesting because my wife is older than myself and hopefully she had to find somebody with patience to deal with you probably exactly and i can't remember exactly how much older but i know she's older and that's part because it's i have a hard time remembering the year she was born and i have a hard time remembering how old i am so you know I'm getting old. My birthday's coming up. I say old. I always have somebody at 60 send in and tell me I'm not old and I'm dumb for saying that. But I'm getting older. Shit's catching up with me. I'm, uh, I turned 41 here in a couple, three weeks. So. I don't think I'm ever going to get old. Yeah, well, I'm still, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm still like a beast in the gym. I, I can still hike super fast and carry out insane amount of weight. In fact, I got a bunch of messages on how but I was back in that boost out. I don't know. Brian posted a video. Um, I thought it was and that cool was video. a heavy. I saw the video. It was heavy. Uh, thank God it was only you know thousand yards or something. Something we had to carry it because um, I had a rear quarter, you know, bone in, and I think both back straps and uh, maybe one back strap, and then that head. I don't know how much weight that was, but. I know about halfway through, I fell down and the head pinned my face to the ground, and I had one hell of a time getting out from under it. Oh, I wish that video had been posted. Oh, Lord. Oh, well, everybody was behind me. Um, the, uh, I mean, I was a little bit ahead. Not not just I mean, walking fast, but I just took off to, uh, down the hill. As soon as they got that thing on me, I was like, i got to get out of here because this is only going to last for so long before I pop smoke on this little ordeal. But, uh, but yeah, that was a heavy heavy load and luckily knees are still good and everything else so got some problems with my elbows the only big deal now got tendonitis or something going on with the inner portion and the outer portion so i've been having to kind of work around that with my i can't do a lot of pull-ups and stuff like i used to so. what uh that actually brings me to something is one it's how many how much weight people think another person should pack out and the other is people also always have an opinion on how far a person should shoot uh, yeah i mean the packing out thing um i mean i think it's heavily dependent on the person like you know i don't i don't know right now um what the future holds but i've been told two things i'm going to need shoulder surgery uh by the time i'm 40 from shooting heavy bow weight which has totally not been the case i had my um, shoulders x-ray three years ago i got the you know, shoulders or whatever you want to call it, of you know, an 18-year-old, right? There's no, no damage, no problems, no issue whatsoever. And I've, I've hunted with between 80 and 100 pounds every year for, well, since I started shooting a bow. Um, 
I mean, both my primes, you know, now are 84 and 86 or 7. Um, the one I got with me today, I think, is 84 pounder. Um, and then packing out weight, never, I had some IT band issues, I guess, which is more preventative. I don't, I think that just puts me miles on the ground, but I haven't had any knee issues um, whatsoever. I, I haven't, I mean, literally zero problems. Um, you know, I had some fluid taken out once, which wasn't, that was from slamming it on the ground. Um, so, I mean, 80 pounds, I would say, though, to answer your question, I think it's a good bench, like, benchmark weight to, to carry pack out. Um, you know, and that's a, that's not an Internet 80. I mean, an Internet 80, um, it's probably 60. You know, an Internet 120, it's probably 80. Um, you know, I, I mean, I get that people, you know, doubt some of the weights that I've carried or some of my friends have carried, but, you know, we have a scale in the truck which simplifies things. You just weigh it when you get there. Um, you know, people are always like, how did you know what it weighs? Did you have a scale with you? Well, no, dickhead. We didn't have a scale with us, but we had one in the truck, which is where the end, you know, of, of the adventure is, which is the trailhead. Um, so, you know, and, and I, I, I have found, like, guys where I've helped pack out you know, I picked up their pack, and 80 pounds is a shit ton of weight. Um, and, you know, they'll be like, what is that, 120, 130? I'm like, nah, it's probably 80, 85. Um, but I think the reality of it is, is the human body, you know, depending upon your weight, is only built to, you know, carry a certain percentage of your body weight unless you're one of those guys that's kind of, you know, you find guys that are, you know, break the mold and totally break that rule that, carry you know close to their own body weight um so anyway 80 i'd say 80 to 90 pounds is about as much as you probably want to carry and how about shooting because this is something i thought about the other day and it's hunter class right for normal 3d is usually brought in distance wise from open class which i tend to disagree with i mean i understand yeah, I mean, I, you need I to shoot. have some closer ranges you, but i think well i think that hunter class, class though before people uh, don't understand that I'll, I'll let you explain hunter class because i bet you'll do a better job um hunter class used to be and i'm sure it still is is a fixed thin bow with a non-movable sight <laughs> fixed fins meaning like a standard hunting sight stabilizer less than 12 inches long uh, would be the easiest way to explain it, where you shoot in open or open pro or freestyle. Uh, it's a movable sight, single pin, no uh, parameters on the stabilizer length. You can have a scope, um, any clarifiers, anything like that. Right, right. So when I shot, you know, open or open pro, um, I had a four-power uh, Feather Vision. First ice lens, uh, movable sight. Um, my stabilizer was 30 inches long. I, I usually shot V-bars or an offset bracket. Um, you know, so different. Now, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think with the hunter class, I mean, I can shoot almost the same scores with a pin bow as I can, um, you know, a scope or a movable sight. Uh, you know, the biggest thing's pin gapping. Um, I think what that is, though, uh, or a lot of it is just the standard stereotypical, you know, most, you know, pin bows or most hunters, you know, we're going to try and keep it from 40 or 50 and in. Uh, do I think that's correct? No. I mean, I think that, um, you know, whatever, maybe the animal size should change. Like, I don't, I don't know that. I mean, I think sticking a Wolverine or a Turkey at, at 46 yards might be a little, you know, extreme for a pin shooter. Not that he shouldn't be able to hit it, but you definitely can be on those off yardage. It's a lot more accurate because you can put, set it to the exact yardage and put your, you know, your pin on it. But as far as distance, Man, I mean, I get criticized about this a lot because I've taken far shots and been successful at it. In fact, Brian Broderick just told me to shut the fuck up, stop talking about distance, which I agree with. I think I should because it gives a false sense of hope or security maybe to people that shouldn't be shooting that that distance. And people, because they can hit a target maybe at, a I don't know, 70 yards or something, think that the, they, they can shoot an animal and there's so many other variables, not just with the animal, uh, but also with the human brain, right? You choke, you, you know, you get panicked, whatever. And, you know, a lot of times too, uh, you don't know animal behavior as well. I, I mean, some guys know animal behavior and still choke their ass off, but I mean, 
you know, knowing when to take that shot and when not to, um, you know, which I, you know, I've been pretty lucky with knowing, you know, when and when not to take a further shot. But, um, I, you know, I, I think that 60 and in, if I think a person, uh, if you're going to go out in the woods and, and hunt, you have to be realistic to your own capabilities for one. But two, I think a benchmark would be between 40 and 60. Like you should be able to hit at, you know, 60 yards consistently, a paper plate, um, if you're going to shoot at an animal at 60. Um, if you can't hit that consistently, then I, I think you should move it in. Um, I, you know, once you get past 40 and 60, it, things tend to get, you know, the, the subconscious, the human brain, the animal, things kind of go to shit. So, Yeah. But when it comes to, say, these classes and what people are practicing at, that's where I feel like we should be challenging that hunter class a little bit more. I think that depends on the area because the hunter class here, there ain't a whole lot of difference. Really? What are between, they at there? You know, out to 50. I mean, that's pretty much standard is unknown distance 50 yards is you know plus all right then our over is a little bit further here gotcha not not much but a little bit um you know i and even so indoor that winter cam right the one i'm trying to get you out here to it uh their hunter class is i think the max shot is 40 yards, I want to say. And it's, I believe, like 50 or 60 for the open. But last year, I shot the open with my hunter rig or my hunting rig because, you know, that's my preferred setup. And I would prefer there to be almost a hunter class at that distance. And not necessarily because yeah. I don't want to compete with guys, but because I think it's a good idea for guys to practice at that yardage. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I think I've shot so many tournaments now. It's not like I even shoot from the stake or enter my score. Uh, a lot of times I just go and shoot and use the, um, you know, I'm just using the course as a tool for practice and I just pick where I shoot from. I don't bother. How many 3D courses a year are you thinking you're shooting? That's a pretty good amount. Yeah, um, I, I shoot not nearly as much now as I used to. And a lot of the courses I shoot, I wear a pad and I go out and uh, you know treat it like I'm actually, you know, like I'm, I'm hunting. Um, but I don't worry. I'm not worried about you know, winning or losing anymore, uh, entering the score. I'm just going out there to shoot. Now, this year, um, I just set up a seven, you know, because I'm shooting an 85-pound freaking bow for a 3D course, so it's not like I'm setting myself up for, for victory by any means. Um, this year, though, I did set up a 70-pound <laughs> bow with, uh, you know, for pin class, for the bow hunter class, and uh, I'm going to uh try and shoot a little bit more this year but you know as i say that uh, sure shit some of my buddies or i'll draw some crazy x tag and lots of scouting a lot because you know for for me now i don't i I just i would much rather be in the woods than be at a 3d course and most of the 3d tournaments are through scouting season um you know the big sky last year was an example i should have been on the the mountain instead of going to tack um the total archery challenge uh, and I actually skipped the one in Utah um, to go scouting. And, uh, you know, the one in Big Sky I went to, but, you know, that's four days I could have spent on the side of a mountain scouting. Um, I mean, it was a fun time, and it was, you know, I got to meet people in great shooting. But, um, you know, if I, you know, I'm going, if I have the choice, I'm, I'm probably going to skip the 3D tournament and go scouting instead. How many hours are you spending scouting a year? I guess days would be more uh, accurate of a question. I don't. I can't say scouting as far as uh, just straight up fishing and back backpacking. Let's say you're backpacking and scouting. 
uh, 40 or 50, maybe 60, um, maybe more. You got to figure last year, um, we went uh, four days a week um, for almost eight weeks straight. Wow. And are you doing a fly rod or are you spin casting? Oh, spin cast. I like to catch shit. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I mean, nothing wrong with fly fishing. I think it's great. It's just, um, you know, when I'm back there, I'm not going for, uh, it's, you know, the greater good of, uh, I was I'm going to catch fish. I'm, you know, some people with, uh, fly rod, you know, make that happen. Um, but just if you backpack in eight miles, out of the wind. If you've backpacked in eight miles and you are, uh, you know, forced with snow banks and, you know, brush and shit, I, you know, the last thing I want is not to be able to hardly fish because I brought a fly rod, right? I mean, I want to fish and I want to catch them and we eat them. So there is guys that bring, you know, fly rods that, we, you know, we go with, but, um, you know, I've got a little kit that I carry at this torpedo bobber that I use. It's kind of like a jerry rigging a fly fishing setup. Um, I run four or five feet a liter off that. And I run a, and I fly fish, but I'm not using a fly rod, which is sacrilege to fly fishing. It's like totally, you know, not accepted. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, I mean, a lot of the... I, yeah, with the job that I have, you know, with Kafaru, you know, it's it's marketing, obviously, and, and flying the flag, but it's also testing gear. And Patrick, you know, has ingrained in my brain, and one of the reasons why he did, you know, like me initially is I spend 150, 200 plus days, nights a year in the field. We don't even count days where we go back and forth. Like, I don't count today or the other day of running out here to hunt. Um, I'm counting nights. Um so, you know, you figure <laughs> um, we start in May, um, and each each month, let's say, we probably spend 10 nights, uh, you know, eight nights for sure uh, in the field, uh, in the wilderness, whether that be scouting, fishing, just straight backpacking, photography, where we're, we're, you know, we're going into these different areas, and a lot of the time, we just get a map. We pick a spot a lot of, most of the time in the earlier time, it's an area that's conducive, you know, to, to, to just being able to get there because of the snow. Sometimes we have snowshoes, sometimes we don't. And we're testing out anything from shelters to stoves to frames to pack, uh, as well as gear that we don't make, right? Like the clothing, um, you know, and, and that's one of the, I think people listen to my opinion is I get to test out so much shit. Um, and, and, and obviously, you know, just your field craft in general, you know, you're learning a lot of, you know, you're learning a lot when you're out there, um, whether it's the positions you've screwed yourself over by getting yourself in, um, you know, because of weather or whatever, you know, especially spring is, is it can turn pretty freaking squirrely pretty quick. Um, and you get to uh, really kind of test your, your metal as well as your you know, your field craft skills to get your ass out of those positions or at least stay in comfort while you're out there. Oh, man, I feel like that'll be, have to be a whole other episode is field craft, bushcraft. Yeah, that could, dude, I, I need to write a, a book on some of this stuff. And, and that's, you know, one of the reasons I do get a little bit irritated on forums and so that you don't want to come off as like this arrogant, you know, guy, right? Like when you're on there, but you also, um, you know, the last thing I want to do, uh, and I'm sure I'll sound arrogant here, is uh, argue with some dude that came from back east to go out west a couple times. Um, you give advice, and then he argues with you, which is fine. I mean, I understand that, but it's like, man, I'm not saying this for any other reason than I really, you know, think that people probably should listen just because I'm out there a lot. And... Uh, we talked about this yesterday because my buddy's probably going to draw sheep's head this year uh, in an area that's, you know, probably the roughest, in my opinion, some of the roughest or the roughest country in North America. And 
we Brewery go in Bells. there pretty early. No, that place is not. I mean, yeah, you can, I can see. Seems like a pussy on the room, Bells. <laughs> on more than one occasion, I've been in there and had eight, nine, ten different gals run by me with camelbacks on, you know, ten miles in. Um, terrain's not bad in the Bells. Uh, and so I'm like, hey, we go in early. This is one of those times where you truly need to be running uh, a four-season Hilleberg or a uh, a teepee with a stove to stay warm. A lot of times we can't run a teepee with a stove because we're above tree line. You know, you need ice axes and crampons. You don't have to go scout that time. A lot of people say it's stupid, but it's fun to get out. But it is not the normal, let me run a big Agnes, you know, whatever, uh, what the hell is that super lightweight shelter that they make the, um, it's not the copper spur. It's actually even lighter than that. You don't want to be running some, you know, piece of shit three season tent because you're going to fucking die. Right. You, you have to run the applicable gear for that situation. And that's what happens. A lot of guys come out West and, you know, what, let's say Colorado, they come in September, which is kind of, you know, cakewalk. There's not a lot of bad weather that happens. You know, it's usually pretty warm. Um, that's not the time where you really want to, quote, unquote, test gear. That You're testing gear at that time, no doubt. But when you're really testing your gear is when you're, you know, you can really put yourself in a bad position. Phil Sheep Hunt was a prime example. Um, you know, rain, snow, hail, the size of quarters, uh, high wind you know, a good distance away from anyone. We were left out there purposefully, meaning we didn't have a vehicle to go back to. We had to call somebody to come get us. Um, you know, we stuck on this pin down trying to kill these sheep for hours. And, you know, that's when you're testing. You're, you're truly testing your clothing. You didn't just use it and come back. You used it to its full max capacity um, and were able to come back. Not to over-dramatize shit. But I think, as you know, I mean, Phil, like he said, um, you know, that was an eye-opener for him. I told him it was bad, and it was even worse than I had described, and I described it as pretty fucking horrible. Um, You know, and and they were even, I think it was even worse for them on his mule deer hunt when Braden shot that mule deer. Um, You know, and and, and that is when, you know, you are, the rubber has met the road, and you really find out, one, who you're hunting with, what your gear is capable of, and what your brain or your mind is capable of pushing through. I mean, we gained and lost on one that one um, that, that one day just shy of 10,000 feet in elevation. <laughs> Most, so, it, you know, it, it's varsity-level shit for sure. And, and I get, you know, a kick out of um, a couple guys that, you know, can think of specifically that, um, you know, make jokes about, you know, oh, it's, you know, not extreme in the lower 48. Um, you know, this area where we go is way worse. And I'm sure it's tough there, but the, you know, you're dealing with altitude one. You're at, you know, you're between 11.5 and 13,000 feet. A lot of shit happens at that, at that elevation, meaning weather-wise. Uh, you're not to not to mention you can you know it's hard to breathe um you know the other thing is is when you blow something out you don't have a helicopter or horses to get you somewhere else you have your two little feet and your two little legs to get you there um not taking away from any other area by by any means but you know it going in on foot into this specific unit um backpacking in it's just more difficult than any place I've really ever had to backpack in and, and kill shit. In, I think the elevation factor alone for me is my least favorite. Well, part. it kicked your ass when you did train to hunt, right? Oh, it in the difference from here to Denver is big, right? From upstate new york to denver big difference but what ate my lunch was the difference of when we were in the mountains outside of i think it was the columbine bow club yeah which is only like eight thousand feet right and it for me so, the so, altitude was horrendous well dude, imagine 
this, you know, I mean, think about it, throw 60 pounds of shit on your back, um, throw, you know, 4,000 more feet of elevation onto that, uh, you know, you're left out there purposely. I mean, they just drop you off. The sky's the limit. You can go anywhere. Um, you know, but one, you have to get there Two, you have to get the animal out and then throw in weather. Right. So if you're camping at 12, five or 12, eight, 13,000 and a storm comes in and your shit gets wet, there's no fire to build. Right. I mean, people are like, why don't you use down? I've used down for this long. I've never had a problem. I'm, I'm sure you have. I'm not arguing that. But wait till you use down. I someone about down. Did I see that just the other day? Pro- so- probably. I don't. I think down is great. I mean, that's the thing. I'm not. This is, I was trying to explain to you. I don't have an issue with down in the right application. What I am saying is down has bit me in the ass in, at certain times. And I'm choosing to carry the extra four to six ounces in synthetic. Because I'm not going to have it happen again. Because I was a big proponent of down until I damn near fucking died and had to come off the mountain. And I did 4,000 push-ups in one night to stay warm because it went flat. Um, you know, if you're careful with it, it's great. You know, and, it, and, you know, and I'm not saying down is, is not an option. I'm just saying I've chosen not to make it an option for me because I like the security of synthetic. It's a little heavier. That's the, the big downside. Um, you know, Phil can attest everything on his sheep hunt was wet. It rained for three fucking days, three days straight. And we were at 12, six. Um, we started at 13, two dropped down, came back up and our, our campsite where the water source was, was at 12, six or something like that. Um, there was no trees, there was no nothing. So to be successful on the hunt, you kind of need to set higher elevation to glass. Um, you know, so you need to have gear that can, can make it, you know, keep you warm and alive through that. Um, otherwise, there's going to be some sacrifice, and, and down is just not the choice for me for that. Now, when it's extreme, extreme cold, yeah, I mean, I think down is a great idea, but, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, 28 to 48 degree temperatures, down is not for me. And here, here's the thing, and you bring up the almost, you know, freezing to death and doing all the push-ups and it's are you because you see a lot of gear quote-unquote testing right videos and blogs and everything is gear really being tested if it's not put in a place where the failure of it will put you at risk in my opinion no no it's not and i i I, you know i try not to be too much of a pecker wood online when i'm giving advice on gear but i you know is a pack being tested if there's 40 pounds on it, well, fuck no, it's not being tested. It, anyone can carry 40 pounds. I mean, you know, any, I mean, you know, is a broadhead being tested by shooting one animal? No, yeah, you can give your, you know, obviously tell what happened. I think that's great. I mean, I do that, but has it been tested? No, you got to shoot a bunch of shit before a broadhead truly, in my opinion, tested. Um, because you shoot a broad high, broadside mule deer, um, you didn't test shit. Um, yeah, but I mean, but, you know, let's say you, you, you know, have a little bit of a, a bad shot, you know, or animal spins or whatever, um, you know, shoot a frontal shot through brush. I mean, there's a bunch of different, you know, scenarios, but that's when you're testing stuff. And again, I think we had four guys come in this week to the shop that bought different packs, a pack from a different company, separate thing. And I know three of them were huge proponents of this specific pack that they were using. Well, they actually killed shit this year and packed an animal out. And they just said, dude, it just, we just couldn't handle it. It just was horrible. So I threw a hundred pounds or 80 pounds in the, the frame in the shop, adjusted it for them. Uh, you know, they all bought packs. And they just said flat out, man, you're right. We see what you're saying until we actually, you know, had to strap gear and an animal to it. We didn't really know. And do you know how many people they told the pack they were using was awesome? And I, <laughs> this isn't a sales pitch for Kafaro. I'm just saying for this applicable, this thing. I got your you sales know. pitch right here. I got it. It's, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Doing train to hunt, and here's why it was a really great experience for me. Uh, coming out west, uh, 
shooting both at the um, shit. Where was it that first time? Fort Collins, I think Fort Collins range. In the elevation there, 200 pounds, right? And he goes running in the heat with Phil and Santino. The pack wasn't a problem compared to the, my physical capability of carrying 200 pounds at the same pace as those guys. Then, do it at Columbine, and I think it was 150 or 200. I can't remember exactly, but it's a heavy fucking pack. Add that elevation. Again, pack, not the problem. Elevation, <laughs> huge problem for me. And it really tested me to a point where I, I would rethink and I would definitely not take a big bite out of a hunting trip out west to, in Colorado. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, here's the thing, and what you said is a, a, a very, very, very good example. Um, uh, people focus on certain things. So let's say with you, you did train to hunt or you came out scouting and, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, the thing on your mind was, my God, I can't, I can't hack it with this, this weight. I need to lighten my pack as much as I possibly. I, um, and I can't breathe. It's the... <laughs> well, and, that, and that's the thing. I can't breathe, whatever. Um, so they immediately, I have got to get the lightest pack I can. I have to drop right. my pack weight. This is the fix. Okay, so the, and I, they're fixing one thing. Okay, so you're going light. Okay, so now you've got your, you know, you got the lightest pack because of the altitude, um, because that's what's forefront in your mind, and this happens all the time. Um, but then, um, you know, you're going in with 50 pounds, and that lightweight pack is super comfortable. But the next thing you know, now, um, you know, you're 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 going, you, you kill something. And now that lightweight pack um, is not so comfortable with heavyweight, um, and and now your shoulders and your back are killing you, and so now yeah, what's hips. paramount is is comfort. Okay, so then you're like, yeah, after the season, fuck this light pack. Okay, um, I'm I'm going to get a I'm going to get one that's comfortable with weight, or you know you didn't kill anything, and you're like, fuck this heavy I. Seven and a half pounds. I'm not carrying a pack this heavy. I can I can drop my weight by two pounds. Um, I'm going with a lighter pack. Okay. Well, then the next year you've got the lighter pack, but you kill something and it bounces around. So, you know, when you're in the field a lot or you pack out as many animals as, as, as I'm lucky enough to, you know, you really start to assess the situation totally different um, than maybe I would have ten or fifteen years ago. Um, you know, just because I, I, I'm, I'm putting many things in the forefront of my mind, not just one specific thing that was the last problem. I'll tell you what, I'd choose comfort after all the different loads I've hauled. I would pick comfort before weight. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, personally, I think that, um, of course, this comes from a guy that runs a backpack company. I personally don't get too hung up on the weight of gear if it's uh, doing everything I need. Now, if it's not, totally different story. Um, I think that there is a fine, there, there is a line that needs to be drawn with every piece of gear. So, sleeping bag. There's a certain weight that you are, you know, going to, you know, too much weight is uh, what am I trying to say here? Uh, 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 it, two pounds for a twenty-degree bag is a good plus or minus a few ounces. A good, a good base weight. If you go up to three, three and a half pounds for a twenty-degree bag, you've you've gone past the point of no return. You're not getting the returns on it that you uh, you, you should. Um, Call it like a weight to power and, ratio. Yeah, it's, well, it's just, I call it the you know strength comfort or whatever weight to weight ratio. Um, a backpack the same way a spotter, um, for example. I carry a ninety-five millimeter swirl a lot, but why would I? You know, that's for mule deer, sheep, whatever. Um, but 
if I'm going on a different type of trip, why do you know? I'm not going to need that specific. Yeah, I don't need a 95. Okay, so now that what that offers me is way more than I specific. I per I need. Okay, so I can drop down to just my 10 power binoculars. Okay, so now let's you know different comparison. If I'm heading into, let's say Mount Baker on a goat hunt in Washington. My needs there and my pack weight there is heavy because not only do I need big glass, I also need gear that can handle a lot of rain and still keep me alive or keep me comfortable. Uh, so that, that ratio is changing a bit. Now, down, going lighter weight, probably not as much of an option for me as going with a synthetic. Um, and that, those are all things that you get kind of an algorithm of pack weight that you, you need to take into consideration when you're getting shit. And for most part, people need to buy happy medium. If a guy like you coming from New York, you want it to be able to work from where you're at, where you're going, you know what I mean? All around decent shit. And if you're only focused on weight, sometimes that can really bite you in the ass. Is there like a sweet spot you would say in overall pack weight should be for like a three day and then one for like a, a week long? Yeah, my gear, it's just food that changes for me. Uh, my gear does. How so, much is your gear in all? Um, well, man, that, that depends. I, you know, I would say food, everything, all up for five days, somewhere in that 40-pound range is what you want. You can go way lighter than that. You can go heavier than that. But for five days, if you can stay you know, at 38 to 42-pound range, you're doing pretty good. You got pretty decent gear. You haven't overpacked too much. Now, you can go a hell of a lot lighter than that. Um, you know, no doubt. I mean, I know um, Kevin, Jesus, uh, I can't remember his last name. Uh, Kevin, uh, I'm sure he'll chime in if he's listening. Kevin, super ultra lightweight dude. Um, you know, he's one of those dudes, 18, 22 pounds, doing five, six, seven days. I think when people listen to that, it's dangerous. I, I think that that motherfucker knows what he's doing. I think he's proven it. He knows, you know, he's proven it to himself um, that, you know, he can handle um, himself and, and stay alive with that, uh, that type of pack weight. Um, but most people, as you as they read that and get that idea that maybe they can do it, can get themselves into this deep shit pretty quick. So that that's a half the weight, though. How do they? How do you get half the weight like that? Uh, you'll run it. Let's say, like, I mean, good example. You run a tarp. Um, you know, no bivy, no toothbrush. You run a quilt. Um, you're, you're running no camera gear. Uh, you're probably eating 16 to 1800 calories a day. That's a good way to do it is, is food, uh, consumption. Um, you know, you're not taking, you know, you're not really taking a first aid kit. You're not taking a GPS device. Let's say you're not taking a communication device. You're not taking backup battery packs. I mean, it's really easy to get down to that weight. You're just, you know, the comfort level is not going to be there where me, I mean, one of the funniest times in my life, this shows I have really, like, the best gear money can buy, but I'm not an ultralight guy. Uh, you know, we backpack. I just shot uh, uh, my lift beat cow. I was with my buddy Jane. Um, we're cleaning it out, and we're not far in, maybe four or five miles. Jane's like, man, I can't really, I can't wait to have those brats when we get back. And I was like, you crazy fucker, you packed those in? He's like, oh, fuck no, I hit them in your pack. So <laughs> I packed an eight-pack of bratwurst in, didn't even know. I mean, you know, so I don't focus on, like, people do spreadsheets and gear lists and, and plus and minus weight. I don't do that shit. What goes in my pack needs to be in my pack. Like, I don't, I don't need a spreadsheet. I don't need anything adding and subtracting weight. What is in that pack is what I need, and it, the weight is inconsequential. It's got to be in there because I need it. So... Now, I'm not saying I don't pay attention to weight because I pay attention to weight with everything I do and everything I buy. But what I'm saying is the end weight I don't pay attention to because I need it in there anyway. Why, why the fuck does it matter what it weighs? I got to have um, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do because I, I know lots of 
hardcore dudes that do have spreadsheets and it's fun. You know, a lot of guys get a kick out of it. Um, you know what I mean? You, it, it is cool. You know, you drop this in a little spreadsheet and pop the weight goes up and pull this out. But for me, I've got my kit that goes in my pack and that does not change. Um, I mean, when I say it doesn't change, I'm trying out new gear all the time, but what I need does not change. And that's going in the backpack. You got any new exciting gear you're trying now? Oh, dude, it's ridiculous the amount of new shit I've got. I've got new range finders that is an unbelievable range finder. Um, what is it? I, I, I had to sign an NDA. Um, <laughs> I can't do it. Well, it's from Nikon. It's one All of right. the most, I mean, and, and from what I've used it so far, it's it's catapulting the technology in range finders. Um, I've got a spotter from another company. Um, this I mean, unbelievable spotter that's going to rival or beat the Swarovski 95. You can't um, tell us what company. I've got, I don't know, what are they going to do? Fire me. I don't work for them. Zeiss um, has a new spotter coming out that's unbelievable. Uh, I've got some clothing from Sitka. I've got actually some of it. I'm wearing it right now um, that's uh, pretty phenomenal. Uh, I've got broadheads that I know I can't talk about that are uh, coming out. I've got some stuff from Kafaru that's uh, – finalized i just brought it out to give it to the big ginger that's uh in production right now that um is uh one of those things where i really for the last two years have been working on this one project to where i didn't want to sacrifice comfort um durability or anything to go lightweight and i was able to go down to two pounds eight ounces on this one specific thing um have more horizontal rigidity more vertical rigidity and more comfort and what we currently offer at a significantly is lighter it a, load. Is it a new frame? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say. Is um, it a new frame, Aaron? Sounds like a new I'm frame. I'm not saying. Sounds and like then, a new uh, frame. Why else would you have? You I've don't got, need vertical rigidity in a bag. <laughs> that's why it just depends on if it's an internal or external frame um, <laughs> or external pack. Ooh. I've got the new bow from Prime dialed in, um, you know, in the back. Uh, I've got some new optics from a couple of different companies. Um, I've got one set with me. Uh, I think that's all I've got today. No, it's a. It's, well, when it's you're a carrying four of each, and, your pack gets heavy. Well, you know, in optics reviews and stuff like that, I mean, see, it's insane when we go out. Yeah, I mean, my pack with nothing else in it, just optics is 45 pounds, just testing everything. Cause we, I carry at least two tripods, you know, four um, different sets of binoculars, four different spotters, you know, what have you. So. Um, you know, so I, I, yeah, I've been, I've been able to been pretty lucky with what guys send out for me to, to try, which is super cool. Yeah. They've been coming on strong the past year and a half year, two years or so gear, gear in general or what? Oh, I thought you said Zeiss. No. Oh yeah. Zeiss, Zeiss has been, has been coming pushing. Strong. Uh, yeah. The they, they, world in particular. Oh, yeah, they have. I would say one of the biggest uh, surprises for me money-wise was the, the Nikon um, uh, binocular that um, HG, the Monarch HG, that Maven was another one. Um, those were two things that were, like, super surprising to me for the, the money. Same with that spotter from, from Nikon. It's, um, you know, for the price, it's pretty unbelievable, you know, as far as optical clarity. Yeah, those um, mavens are unbelievable, especially the fact that if you use the coupon code NBHGIFT at your checkout, they'll send you free maven swag. Nikon's not doing see, that. Thank God it, um, I'm Kafaru Cast. I don't have to do that shit. I know. <laughs> you know what, though? I don't have to do it, and I would bet you the past uh, maybe three episodes, four episodes we've done, unless you mentioned maven, I have not put out one like promo for any of them they've just been going out straight audio i think at least yeah no i don't i don't um no i think and i mean it's not like you're promoting crap maven's awesome um i do uh i do get a kick and i'm sure i'll get hate mail over this how many guys promote optics that have never sat 14 hours behind optics and uh, for mule deer, for, for sheep, for goats, for whatever. Um, and they're promoting an optic, which I think it's great to promote an optic, but there need to be some context behind your 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 amount of time behind them. Um, 
I don't, uh, I'm not discounting anyone's, uh, you know, like uh, opinion at all. But, you know, when you're a guy answering, you know, hundreds and thousands or whatever of questions about clothing optics, you know, I, I, I try to give the best opinion I can for that person's situation. Like a whitetail hunter that only hunts whitetail, you know, probably get away with quite a bit more compared to you're going on a high country mule deer hunt, um, you know, in Colorado, you know, your optical choice, optics choice is going to change, you know, significantly or should, or, or could. Um, yeah. You don't see many yeah, guys so rocking I'm, a spotting scope in a deer stand. No. Well, or glassing off a tripod or running 15, which are one of the greatest things that God ever put on the surface, 15 power blasters on top of a tripod. Uh, I just, shit changes each time. Um, you know, I mean, it's not, it's, you know, I go down to Alabama for this hunt with, with Broderick. He's laughing. I got a 80 some pound finding bow. He's like, what are you, an idiot? I said, yeah. that's fucking all I had, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> he's like how much penetration do you need in the dirt once it goes through dickhead i'm like yeah you got a good point um <laughs> you know what but no, it'll go no. through anywhere <laughs> yeah no exactly but um but yeah you know, i've been super lucky with being able to you know test that gear and i really like the position frank and i are in on kafaru cast because um i talked to first light last night um and was like, hey, dude. I mean, you know, I, I mean, we're gonna wear what we want, and there's some things you offer that, uh, you know, I'm I'm very keen on, uh, but I can't wear your whole system because I just want to wear what I want to wear. Which they were like, dude. I mean, that's totally understandable. We respect that, um, and, and I like being in that position. I mean, I'm certainly not gonna get rich in that position. Um, no, I'm probably gonna piss some companies off, but I like to be able to use what I want and say what I want. You know, and. It's, it's. I think people are going to trust that a lot more. And if you're saying, all right, these merino wool base layers from First Light are the best base layers there are, I could get any best base layer on the planet, people are going to trust that opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, no, speaking I of agree. What's that? I said, no, I, I agree. And uh, speaking of opinions, who's our winner for the photo contest? I don't know. That's your job, man. <laughs> you were supposed to pick the winner. All right, shit. I'm giving... that email? Yeah. I thought I told you the one I liked. Was it the gutting one or the QU guy? It was not the QU guy. It was the gutting one. It was the gutting one? All right. There you go. Off the wrangle who that was. Figure out. But you're the winner. If you know who I'm talking about, you won. And I'll have to get your information. And should I just message Frank about that? Would that be the easiest way? Yeah, Frank or Dana. Frank or Dana. All right. Yeah. So are you are you there yet? Are you ready to get out and kill some shit or what's going on? So I've been I'm sitting here, um I've forgotten my um my my backup bow and my um arrows in um the truck like two weeks ago or something ridiculous. So I, I told the the B G I said, Hey man, grab that shit this morning. And uh, he just messaged me 10 minutes late. I forgot to grab your shit. I'm driving back. So I'm sitting here in the parking lot waiting. Um, uh-huh. And um, uh, I'm hoping we can get it done today because, uh, like I said, it's 13 degrees right now with about a 20-mile-an-hour crosswind. Um, I told uh, Alex yesterday, I said, hey, dude, uh, I'm not really digging on 1,000-yard low crawls. Um, in this type of weather, let's find one semi-close to the road. <laughs> he was laughing. If we could find one on the road, maybe that's been hit by a truck, but, you know, the antlers are still yeah. intact and it looks really big, that'd be great. That one I got shot the other day was right off there. It was crazy. We were going down one road. He was bedded. Um, and uh, obviously we couldn't approach him from there. We had to circle around and it ended up being one too far, 800 yards, 600 yard walk. Um, and got right up in on him. But, um, it's uh you know it was pretty cool because it was like right off the road um you know where where we got in on and what the hell was i gonna say yeah i don't know oh yeah i do know 
do you have any uh any guests you're pretty excited about coming up on the Kafaru cast or what's the plan there? Yeah, we we do well. For for me, um I've got Clay Lancaster coming on, which I mean Clay's not only, you know, great uh you know, person, great guest, funny guy. He's you know, I look at him like a brother. Um but he's also killed more shit than smallpox to a point. I've had to defend him a couple of times because he's been on, I said, hundreds of sheep hunts. And the guy was like, yeah, I believe that, whatever. And I'm like, well, uh, he has, you know, 250, 300, 350. I don't know what the number is. Um, guy, you know, sheep hunts, that's not, you know, just sheep. Um, so wealth of knowledge as far as that shit goes. And then uh, his brother, Bart, uh, same same boat, you know, his brother Bart's got an insane amount of experience, so that'll be cool. Um, Donnie Vincent will be on there. And uh, I got John Dudley and I are going to do one, uh, Levi Morgan and I. Um, when I say Levi Morgan, John Dudley and I and Levi Morgan and I, Frank will be on those um, and throw in his two cents. When he gets super, super technical, knowing Frank, um, Frank is very good about not speaking out of turn on his knowledge base, much like I try not to talk about predator hunting because I know jack shit about it. So, um, you know, Frank will dive in obviously on those as well, but it'll be pretty technical stuff on the archery side of things. Um, uh, Levi and I have been talking quite a bit lately. We're going to do one, maybe two hunts together next year. Um, Levi's pretty religious, so I think I got to watch the F bombs. Um, Greg Poole is going to be coming on. Um, I got my buddy from Supplement Giant. He runs a big nutrition store, uh, as well as owns um, owns a nutrition company uh, that actually makes the product. I'm I'm excited more about that almost than anyone because he can break down at a molecular level the shit you're putting in your body and tell you why. Um, and that's hard to find, um, you know, to, as far as that type of knowledge base. It, do you have any guess? Like you have one that's like, all right, this this is the one, the goat, the one guess I'd like to get more than anyone else. Or have you pretty much had everyone you've ever wanted to have on your show? No, because we haven't hardly had anyone on there. It's just, dude, I'm I'm, and Frank is the exact same way. I don't get enamored by celebrities in the outdoor industry, right? I could give a well, shit I if mean, you're a celebrity like, or not. In the world. Well I'm, and I'm getting I'm leading up to that. Oh all right, and so mind, sorry. For me is is more about of the knowledge base that that person has, like Clay or Bart, um, you know, Lancaster or my buddy Ryan Harder. Guys that have hunted all over the place and can really contribute not only, you know, knowledge, knowledge is the most important, but also they're funnier than shit, right? Um, you know, as far as like getting them, I mean, they're all my buddies, so it's easy to, you know, get them because I'm just like, you know, I talk to them every week anyway. I mean, Clay, bless his fat headed little heart, in the beginning of all this divorce shit, told me, give that bitch some money and get her out of your hair. You're going to pay anyway. I guarantee it. I'm like, no, there's no way. Well, he was right. And so now every time I talk to him, he's like, hey, remember that one time when I told you? I'm like, yeah, shut up. Yeah. Remember um, one time I gave you great advice you didn't take? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you know, and then like Harder, uh, Harder, I was in the territories with Harder. Um, you know, we Tib- no, I wasn't on Tiburon with him, but, you know, we just hunted in Alberta together. Um, you know, he owns his own guiding operation. Um, and he, he's just... Uh, an unbelievable dude to hang out with. He's funnier than hell. He about choked me out this year. He obviously took the wrestling match a bit more serious than you know, I did in the beginning because uh, that's the closest I've come to blacking out in a while in the motel room because he was hanging on my neck. Um, just a funny guy. Um, but, you know, I want to get guys on, um, you know, like Alex, this guy that I'm hunting with. He's, um, uh, you know, been on a ton of giant mule deer lives out here funnier than hell runs cat been on a lot of different hunting trips that you know he got a lot of experience under his belt and it's great to talk to dudes like that and, and laugh i mean uh i was laughing so fucking hard this last time we were out because it was getting towards the end of the day we're driving down the road here comes about 15 does and a big three by three a deer I would have easily shot any day of the week. 
And I'm like, all right, all right, stop, 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 stop. Let me get out. Just keep going. And he's like, what? I'm like, right there. That's a good buck. Stop, stop. And he's like, now hold the fuck on. And he slams on the brakes. Give me them binos. I'm going to need to take a look at this thing. You know, fucking laughing. I knew he wouldn't want me to shoot it. He's like, yeah, you're not going to kill that. I'm like, ah, man, it's a big three by three. He's like, you're not shooting that three by three. That ain't big enough. And I'm like, no, it's big enough. He's like, no, it's not. And he's laughing at me. And then he took off. And I'm like, you know, shit like that doesn't happen to me very often. So one, it was funny because of that. Because usually I just jump out and shoot shit. Where here, I mean, I about have to have a shot collar on. uh, Because anything to me that's uh, four and a half, um, sometimes three and a half, but four and a half, and in the 165 range or better is a trophy, right? That's, that's I mean, uh, above and beyond the experience and the area and all that shit, just straight up shooting the animal. Anything in that, you know, general area for me is a, is a trophy. So it's hard for me to not shoot what I would consider a trophy. Um, you know, it's new. But hey, he, uh, he's pulling up behind me right now. I got to go, man. All right, brother. Get it done. All right. Send I'll it. talk to you later. <laughs> later. Yeah.